That's bigger budget, typically people doing like paper prototypes. But, you know, there, there are a lot of steps to the process in just creating the app, let alone the steps that you need to take to actually let people know that your app exists and to present it in a way that is um, enticing and informative. What's up, everybody? Jay Miller here, bringing another Productivity in Tech podcast. My guest this week is Aline Sims. Now, I've known Aline for a few years, and she is doing so many awesome things with App Camp for Girls and with the App Launch Map. I always get that messed up, so I had to double check to make sure I got it right. But she's also been a podcaster for a few years, podcasting with Relay FM and um, kind of doing different shows like Originality and The Game Show to bring a little fun into your life. But in this conversation, Aline uh, just recently relocated, and we talk a little bit about that, what it's like to go from high heat to uh, lots and lots of rain, and... We talk about how that affects you as a creator, but we also get into a little bit more of what Aline does. And before we jump into the conversation, I have to let you know that um, we have added and brought back the Pit Premium Memberships. So if you go to productivityintech.com slash memberships, you can see a way that you can support regularly Productivity in Tech and all the things that we do. But that's not all. In celebration of this, we've also launched our discourse, which is at discourse.productivityintech.com. Now, this is an absolutely free resource. You don't have to become a member to to join. And there's plenty of different things to talk about. And we're we're just getting started. So we would love if you came and joined us there. Um, Again, that's discourse.productivityintech.com. There will be a link on the, the navigation bar for the discourse as well as down in the community section. Uh, I just got to get that built out. But that's not why you're here. You're here to listen to my conversation. So here it is with Aline Sims. I'm here with Aline Sims. Aline, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Jay? I'm doing really good. So Aline is someone that I have known for a couple of years, and I am really excited to talk to only... Because she's awesome. <laughs> and oh. also, I, I would also say that she is doing a couple of things that I am really happy to hear about. And I am ever so interested in learning more about. Uh, so I am going to let Aline introduce herself because there's just so much going on in her life. So Aline, <laughs> please uh, let everybody know what you're up to. Uh, you know, this changes so much that sometimes I don't know where to start. Well, um, I am co-executive director for App Camp for Girls, which is a nonprofit dedicated to showing um, girls and gender non-conforming kids that careers in the tech industry are for them if they're at all interested. I have a business, it's called App Launch Map, and I help indie iOS and Mac developers with kind of the non-code side of launching their apps. I have a podcast, it's called Originality. We haven't posted an episode in a while, but we're working on building a buffer so that we don't have uh, big gaps like we have had um, 
uh, I've had a lot of life changes over the last year, and that's kind of put a damper on podcast recording schedules. Uh, so we're working on that. And then I do things on um, podcasts on the Incomparable Network. I uh, play on Total Party Kill often. Um, I'm on the game show every once in a while, and I'm on the main show from time to time. And then some um, occasional guest appearances on other shows on Relay FM. So the first thing that you mentioned was App Camp for Girls. And uh, listeners, longtime listeners of the podcast know that I am a huge advocate for uh, tech diversity. And I really love representing Let's Have Diversity in Tech, not just with my guests, but with the awesome things that my guests are up to. And we recently had Myra Benjamin, the director of engineering for Pandora and the founder for Tech Intersections on the podcast. And she was working um, with their conference to help build women of color um, in tech in the Oakland area. Um, explain some of the progression that you've seen with App Camp for Girls. Um, I know that you've been working with them for a few years now, and this is your first year as a co-director, correct? Yeah, um, I started volunteering with AppCamp in 2015, uh, and you can actually hear my old, um, now-retired podcast called Less Than or Equal. I did a, a show with Jean McDonald, who is the founder, uh, co-founder of AppCamp for Girls, and that's actually the genesis of um, my, or the beginning of my role with App Camp was literally that podcast. Um, so if you're at all interested, that's an episode of, of a now gone, um, but still archived show you can listen to. Um, and so I volunteered at, uh, at a camp in Portland in 2015. And then I organized camp in Phoenix, um, where I lived for two years. And then I moved to Seattle. And so I'm not organizing camp now. Um, but I organized camp in 2016 and 2017. And then late in late last year, late 2018, the board of directors approached me and my co-director and said, um, hey, any interest in taking over um, in this role, and she and I were both like, "Yeah, we could do that." And so now that's that's where we are. So you mentioned Jean McDonald. She is currently the podcast on another productivity show, The Weekly Review, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Have you does. done your weekly review yet? I don't. I am not a getting things done person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Um, I I could sing their theme song. I won't, oh, yeah. but I could. Oh, that uh, that theme song is is awesome. I might yeah. I might have to uh, get their permission to uh, throw it in really quick as a little snippet, uh, <laughs> yeah. only because I love I love what they're doing with normalizing the idea and kind of serving as that little bit of accountability. Um, but we're not talking to them. We'll talk to them some other time. <laughs> we're talking about you. They would so, be great guests. You mentioned moving to Seattle, and then mm -hmm. on top of that, taking over this co-director role first of all I'm jealous because you made it to Seattle before I did I did we were, we were both I, I think when you decided that you were moving to Seattle I was going up there for vacation and it was really a recon mission trying to convince my wife that we should move up there but she didn't take the bait um, she loves it up there and we want to visit we'll probably we'll visit it sometime again this year but uh, she hasn't quite made peace with the rain yet um it's not, I, so, okay, 
I know I'm interrupting. I'm sorry. But I've been here 10 months now. And maybe this year has been anomalous. But I was prepared for a lot more cloudy days than we've had. It's a lot sunnier than I thought it would be. So, so I don't know if that's just my expectations or what. But When you say you prepared, like, how were you worried just about how the weather would affect your your mood, your productivity or Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard that's a problem in that area that I, I guess people have uh what are they the uh the vitamin D lights? The sad lights, yeah. <laughs> so, how has how has that shift cuz you went from like a, you were in Arizona, right? I was in Phoenix, yeah. So you went from like a 1000 degrees to like <laughs> As close to Canada as you can get. <laughs> what was that like? Um, it actually hasn't been as painful a transition as I thought it would be. Um, I, it, it, I think it helps because we came at the end of April. And so it was just shifting out of the rainy season into summer. And so I had... there. Summer was pretty sunny. I had a lot of a lot of sunshine and you know a lot of moving to do. So there was a lot to not be concerned about. The other thing is that uh, you know Phoenix air conditioning is a necessity. Everybody, pretty much everybody, has air conditioning. Uh, we definitely had air conditioning, and it ran a lot. And moving here, there is no air conditioning. Uh, very few, like our apartment, is pretty progressive in that there is like a round hole in the side of the apartment that um it's just got a plastic cover on it and if you want to bring in a portable air conditioner that is the vent for it and so you know it was hot in our apartment we actually ended up renting uh an air conditioner all summer because it was just like it's so well in our apartment is so well insulated that we literally we couldn't get it below 80 degrees in here it was ridiculous and so <laughs> the transition actually hasn't been incredibly difficult i think just because the timing of our move really helped me ease into you know the the different weather and that kind of stuff because it was it was really sunny when we first got here that is that is so optimistically hopeful for me <laughs> Because I need I need more ammo to convince her we will move to Seattle eventually. Uh, it'll happen. So now that you're settled in Microsoft country, has your has your way of using tech changed at all? I'm actually more in Amazon country than Microsoft country. The my all I'm um, in like pretty close to downtown, and Microsoft is further east yeah. mostly um so but amazon really took over downtown but no i i have a bigger monitor now i have a smaller desk and um my tech is pretty much the same i mean i have upgraded some things but uh i'm you know i i keep it pretty minimal actually when it comes to the kinds of apps that i use um what my workflows look like and that kind of thing. So not a whole lot has changed for me in that regard. I think that's good though. Um, especially as you're going through like a season of change, you know, with, with new roles and, you know, you, you've been doing originality for a year and some change now and, and 
all of these things that are like some things new, some things old. I think the idea of keeping it as simple as possible helps with some of those transitions, right? I think so. Uh, yeah, because I haven't had to, there aren't a lot of, you know, new technologies that I've had to learn uh, for AppCamp. We're switching things over to Notion from Google Docs as much as we can. Um, but, you know, I haven't I haven't really started using any new apps and services. And part of that is because I feel like um, as another person with ADHD, I can really go into rabbit holes when it comes to trying out apps. And instead of actually getting things done, it's just like a lean evaluating apps. And that doesn't actually pay any bills. Um, so, But it could, though. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to give you any more projects. I feel, I feel, I feel like there are people who kind of have that market cornered. We've got, you know, like Mac Stories and Mac Power Users and, you know automators and supercomputer and you know the people who love to do that stuff are doing that stuff and then I can you know if I if I have a relationship with those people I can just be like so what should I use to do this thing because I really don't enjoy that search there was a point in my life where I really liked evaluating things and figuring out how minutely different um different apps affected my workflows and, and what I was doing. And I'm just not there anymore. I just want to, I just want to do stuff. So maybe that'll change again, but I don't know. You know, I was just talking to someone earlier today about this, where I've been doing this productivity thing for like six years now. And I remember when I first started, it was, I'm going to review all the apps. I'm going to learn about all this stuff. And as I've grown, I guess, in productivity, it has been less and less about which tools you're using and more about the mindset behind using them that has, I guess, kept me going uh, for the most part. Yeah, I I agree with that because I, I guess there just comes a point where you're, where I use that that search is a procrastination tool and I, I don't need more procrastination tools in my life. I just <laughs> need to fall back on what's, what works for me. Definitely. And, and speaking of, of doing things that aren't necessarily the, the cornerstone of, of what you're doing, you know, with, with your other business, which I always mess up the naming. <laughs> so if I get it wrong, I am sorry, but I'm going to try to say app launch map, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so with app launch map, you are helping developers with the non-tech stuff. The, what does the that non -code look like? non-code stuff. It's, I, I do a lot of technical stuff. I'll, I help with, you know, like user interface. I help with user interface um, and user experience workflows. I help with, you know, like the copy, the the actual text in the apps. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I do um, putting the app store product page together, advising on website um, stuff like web content, uh, everything from copy to images to layout to you have a lot of white space here. You need more white space there. 
Um, so I do a lot of stuff. I'm just not generally sitting down in, you know, with Xcode and Objective-C or Swift editing things. Occasionally, you know, I'll, a, a client will give me source code and I'll go through and edit strings, um, you know, to, to impact the text in the app. But I don't even really do that a whole lot. Typically, I'm just feeding them lines that they can copy and paste in. As a web developer, I've learned that a lot of the code that I write nowadays is, hey, let's change this text. <laughs> so yeah. um, where where in the process do you see kind of the most, I guess, issues that app developers run into? It really depends upon the developer. Um, it's such a complicated process that, that it's easy to not know crucial steps if that makes sense because it's not just about i mean if you think about the the app development cycle or what an app development cycle can look like it's something like funnily enough this is something we teach at app camp but it's something like you see a problem that needs to be solved or a, a, a need that needs a solution um, you figure out how an app can help solve that problem or fill that need. You then have to, you know, sketch out UI, um, decide what, what everything looks like. Then ideally you're doing like usability testing with prototypes and then you, you know, you iterate on that and then you actually get into the code and you start building things with code and then you do user testing and iterate on that. And I mean, that's, you know, that's bigger budget typically people doing like paper prototypes, but you know, there, there are a lot of steps to the process in just creating the app, let alone the steps that you need to take to actually let people know that your app exists and to present it in a way that is, um, enticing and informative and they're just so they're like A to Z is such a big leap in this space do you feel like the work that you do as a podcaster and having had several podcasts at this point has helped with kind of that marketing side or, or at least being able to not do like I'm doing right now and, and effectively communicate uh, what the app developer is trying to accomplish with the app? I think so. Also, a thing to remember is I have a degree in technical writing. That's what my bachelor's degree is in. So I've been steeped in kind of this communication thing since college. And I mean, even before English was definitely my jam in, you know, middle school and high school. Um, and so that's all, all helped. Communication is always hard. Uh, um, marketing communication is is also hard because you don't know what will resonate with people and what won't. If you think about like large companies with big marketing budgets who can do uh, testing like A-B testing, they can send stuff to one group of people and different stuff to another group of people and see where they get more clicks or what gets talked about on social media more or whatever. You still see a lot of marketing misses with huge companies. And so I think that's a, that's a takeaway for everybody is that it's, it's an evolving process. 
It's not like you write your app description for your product page one time and that's it forever. Hopefully what will happen is that you'll be able to release, um, you'll be able to iterate on your app and you'll release new versions of it and then you'll have new features that you want to call out and you'll have hopefully, you know, press writing about about it and you'll want to do pull quotes or whatever. So it's it's an evolving process always. It's it's living and breathing just like the app is always changing. So as as someone who is also trying to help the the little person not well, not the little people. I don't, I don't know how to word this. Um, as someone trying to help independent developers mm-hmm. um, remain independent and show them that there are effective resources available to them, it, why why have you decided to go down the road of I am going to create my own company that helps developers do this versus working for you know, you mentioned these major companies that have PR problems and have hard, a hard time effectively communicating to their audience. Why did you choose to help the independent developer versus jumping into one of these bigger companies? Uh, there are a lot of reasons. On a personal level, I just like being independent. I, I, I don't want to go into an office every day. I don't want to... Um, be accountable to the same boss all of the time. That's not to say I'm not accountable to people, but I just, I, that's not something that I relish. Um, and so that that's a big part of it is when I left my last job so that I could focus on bringing App Camp to Phoenix, uh, I was putting my resume together and it was like, oh, where am I going to apply? Who would I want to work for? And I didn't really come up with any answers. And so I was like, okay, so what do I know? What knowledge do I have that I can impart on others? Or how can I work with other people to help them in whatever it is they're doing? And this is really, quite frankly, I'm one of a small handful of people probably in the world who has the depth of knowledge that I do about this specific thing. So it seemed to make sense to kind of enter into this arena and see if I could make it work. And you're not just doing it for today's developers, you're doing it for the next generation of developers too with App Camp for Girls. Yeah, kind of. I mean, the things that I do, we don't typically talk a whole lot about at camp. You know, we're not... Um, because we have five days and we go from product um, an app inception like come up with an idea within a framework that we have um, so typically they've been quiz apps so um, write this quiz app that fits within our framework because there's only so much that we can teach in five days and um, and then they go through and they create their artwork they create their um, their content, you know, from not quite the ground up, but almost the ground up. And so there are opportunities for us to talk about, you know, like uh, usability testing and contrast um, and when you might want to use a, a larger font versus maybe a smaller font and why it's not a, a good idea to have 
a red text on a green background and all of these things we can incorporate into things, but we never go into, okay, and now it's time to create your website and now it's time to think about what goes on your product page and have you really considered what your screenshots need to be? So those are the things that I do in my own a business that we don't really cover with app camp just because there isn't time and and i i think that's something that the i guess the ever going app um i guess economy problem shows that i i think a lot of consumers see oh you made this app but they don't quite have a perspective of how much time that it does take to make a fully fleshed out app that is, you know, going to be responsive to users, that's going to have a good user experience and a, and a understandable user interface. Uh, and have you ran into issues where developers want to take their apps to the next level, but just usually due to poor market reception they haven't been able to i guess afford services like that um yeah so so being an independent app developer is not lucrative for most for most people um there i i personally know you know a few people who their full-time jobs are writing their apps there aren't a lot of people like that though. And so that's one of my challenges in my business is a lot of independent app developers can't afford to work with me on a contract basis because, you know, they're, they're doing the app because it's something they really wanted to see in the world, but they're not making thousands of dollars a month on it. They might make a couple of hundred dollars a month. Um, they might make enough to cover, you know, like an AWS bill if they have a server-side server component. So it really, um, it, it, it is a challenge and it's actually, it's something that I'm working on addressing um, so that if I can't work with you directly, either because of scheduling conflicts or ideological differences or whatever, here's, here's something that you can buy from me that will help you in this process. And it won't be, this is me talking myself up, but it won't be the same as working with me because I am like, I am an expert in what I do, um, but it'll still help you elevate what you have. You know, that's something that uh, a friend of ours, I guess a mutual friend, uh, Kathy Campbell, mm-hmm. um, the the business unicorn, uh, she has helped me so much in just being around. <laughs> you know, I don't, uh, I, I feel bad because as much as I want to be a client for her and I've sat down and had a consultation with her. And- I have too. And it is it is one of those things where like you see the value in a product like that. And and this is something that as as a productivity coach, that's something that I suffer from because all of my competitors charge three times what I charge and but I'm here to help the independent developer and mm. they still can't afford my rates. And working with her and just seeing how she's doing things and seeing how other people in the community are doing things that really helps me to try to create, I guess, my own little position in the market to help out, 
developers in any way that I can. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I, I love having... You know, people like you and like Kathy, who's supposed to be on the show at some point. She'll be <laughs> um, amazing. I love Kathy. Absolutely. But having people like that and people like you on the show, it helps because in a way, I'm cheating the system, I guess, because I should be paying you for all of this wisdom, but then I'm sharing it with my audience mm-hmm. <laughs> so that if they can't afford your services, they can at least hear a few things that you've mentioned. Okay, hey, do I have good white spacing? Is my is the language that I'm using going to be easy to understand for people who English is not their primary language or their first language? Um, just thinking of little things like that, they may not be able to pay for Aline to come in and fix those issues, but if they hear that, okay, these are things that I should be thinking about, they can then take the time and try to make their applications better so that one day they can. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an awesome thing about the state of technology right now is that there are a lot of free resources for people. There are, you know, uh, my blog and app launch map, I haven't written a blog post in a while, but everything that's up there is pertinent still. Um, then there are podcasts, um, like yours for iOS development, there's like under the radar, there's core intuition, there's release notes there, you know, there are so many podcasts, um, so many websites and so many developers just freely sharing their knowledge that um, if you have the time to sit down and listen and go through it all, you're going to end up with like way ahead of the game. You know, Um, it's just a matter of, figuring out where your deficiencies are and figuring out who can help you fill those holes. I think that was so well put. And before we jump into the last question, um, I have to remind everybody that the conversation isn't going to end with this last question. It's in fact, we're going to continue talking and Aline's going to ask me all the questions that I don't know yet. And I'm always terrified of this part, but I know that she's going to like knock it out of the park But if you want to listen to that, there's two ways that you can do it. Uh, The first one is to go to our Ko-Fi page. That is ko-fi.com slash J&J Media. J&J Media is the marketing company that I run to help creatives focus on being creative while I focus on all of their marketing needs and podcasting needs. Um, And if you sponsor one week of hosting, which is $3, you can gain access to not just the bonus feed for this podcast, but all of the podcasts that are covered under the J&J Media umbrella. Um, Podcasts like Ask a Brit, which I do with my friend Jamie, who lives in the UK. Um, Devotaku, whenever we do another show. Uh, The .NET Core Show, and so many others. But the other one, and the new one that you can do, is go to productivityintech.com slash memberships. We are bringing back the pit membership, which... You get a couple of things. One, you get access to our little special uh, Pit Premium group, and you get priority bidding on our upcoming mastermind groups where we take four to five developers or people in tech, and we really focus on getting them productive over the course of one month. Um, So that's productivityintech.com slash memberships for that. And Alina, are you ready for the last question? As I'll ever be. Okay, the last question is, are you still drawing a kitty on it? (laughs) 
I have not drawn a kitty in a while. It's true. So for those that are, are not schooled up, Aline and I have had multiple conversations regarding uh, bullet journaling and the hashtag analog productivity lifestyle. And I did my best to convert Aline to the analog productivity life, but I don't know how well I did. <laughs> well, I'm not bullet journaling anymore, but I do use a paper planner. Okay, I'm, I'm interested. Please, please, please go into more detail. <laughs> it's called the Full Focus Planner. Um, it's uh, the brainchild of a guy named Michael Hyatt. And it's just, um, it's a quarterly system. It's not cheap. It's like $130 a year for four of these. Um, but it has been really good for me in terms of uh, setting goals and breaking things down um, because as a person with ADHD sometimes what happens to me and even people without ADHD I, I know but what happens is I see everything and I don't know how to get started and so the full focus planner is really good at helping me just pick the three major things that I need to get done every day and it also has like a goal setting framework in it too. And so it has been, it's been really, really good for me. I've been inconsistent with using it, but that's one of my goals for kind of the next three to six months as I'm finally kind of getting settled into my Seattle life and this new role with App Camp for Girls and all of this stuff is to really um, get a good system established with the full focus planner as um I don't know if I would call it the backbone of that system, but definitely as a, a heavy contributor to what I'm doing. So at the time of recording this, and hopefully by the time this is released, I will have released the video for it, which I will be able to link in the show notes. Um, I just finished reading The Bullet Journal Method by Ryder Carroll, and mm -hmm. it was really, really um, helpful in me waffling back and forth between like analog and digital productivity and always seeing the new shiny because last year OmniFocus 3 came out and mm -hmm. I had always wondered about OmniFocus and everybody was preaching its goodness and I, I caved and I started using it and I just like every other time I've left my bullet journal I felt like something was missing yep. um, but I say all of that to say that in the book, one of the things that he mentioned, one of the biggest takeaways that I got from the book was consistency is key. And the more and more you experiment in your system, the more effective that you become with it. So I, I love that even, even as you're saying, like, I don't necessarily always turn to it but my goal is to become more consistent. I think that is something that in terms of productivity, that is the biggest help. Just, just saying that I am going to do this thing, whether it's once a day, once a week, once a month, I am going to do this thing. I am going to dedicate myself to doing this thing. I'm going to set a goal and I'm going to work to achieve that goal. I think having that level of commitment to um, at least trying to be consistent is a great step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there are other ways to do it, but it's it's what seems to make the most sense for me 
at this time in my life, given all of the things that I have going on. I just need to get to a point where I am actively thinking about fewer things um, because I have systems in place, you know, like I don't need to think about what time do I need to set the alarm tomorrow because I'm getting up at the same time. I don't need to think about what time do I go to bed or what time do I feed the cats or, um, oh my gosh, when am I going to make time to take a shower, which I have not actually done today yet. Um, but it's like, okay, Aline, you know, you get up at like whatever, 7.30 every morning, you take your shower, you make your coffee, you sit down with your journal, you review your tasks for the day, you get started, you know. So really a lot of it is just like trying to relieve the stress of making decisions all the time uh, because that it that's getting really old with all of the things I have going on right now. I just need more, I need more to be automatic. I need more systems. And that that's... I think a great way to wrap it up too, because I think we all need more systems in life. <laughs> I know I do. I, I've, I've been struggling over the fact that I, I am, we just got a new Mac mini and I'm trying to like figure out like, okay, I'm moving things from MacBook pro to Mac mini. And this is a great opportunity to start tweaking my systems, um, which of course is always a dangerous rabbit hole. It but, is, yeah. But thank you so much for the awesome conversation, Aline, and please tell everyone how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. Um, the easiest place I think is to follow me on Twitter or check in with me on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Aline, A-L-E-E-N on there. I have an infrequently used blog. That's AlineMean.com. Uh, and of course my business is at AppLaunchMap.com and AppCamp for Girls is AppCamp, the number four, girls.com. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Aline. I know I did. I always love talking to Aline. She's such a wonderful, uh, compassionate, and, and very, very bright person. And the conversation didn't stop there. Remember, if you um, join the Pit membership at, uh, well, there's only one level. It's either $10 a month or you can purchase the whole year and get two months free. But if you do that, you gain access to the Pit master feed or bonus feed where there will also be a link to the after show um also uh the other way that you can do that is with a one-time or recurring donation to independent podcasting and creativity over at jnj media uh that is the media marketing company that i run uh, with my friend jamie and my wife where we do our best to help creatives, podcasters, developers, um, basically build a marketing strategy around their product. Now, whether that comes in the form of podcasting, newsletters, um, social media, we are there for you. And when you support at our Ko-Fi page, there will be a link in the description for that. Um, with a one-time or recurring donation, you're not just supporting us and helping us achieve our goals, but you're also helping all of those independent creators out there that are uh, using our sources, our resources, um, for, uh, to help them go and create the things that they create while we focus on making sure that the world hears about it. But that's going to be it for this week. A special thanks to Nadir Omawale for the use of his song, a hustler in spite of myself for the intro and outro. And as always a huge thanks to Aline for being such an awesome person. 
That's going to do it for the Productivity in Tech podcast. I'm Jay Miller. I hope we've been productive. I'll see you next week.